All right, you're listening to the Shellcock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and we're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 Introduced in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have jazz. We're, we're, we have a new, we're doing a new recording. We, we messed up the first one. I messed up the first one. I don't know. It got messed up. <laughs> How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Happy awesome. to be here. Yeah. Um, so we were just in the middle of the first few minutes of talking. I will catch everyone up so we don't have to have the same exact conversation. You're from Kansas City, Missouri. You've been playing music for a long time. You play piano, viola, saxophone. You're learning bass right now. And you sang in choir growing up and have gone on to sing uh, solo. Um, you released your album at the close of a decade last year and um where exactly what, what were we in the middle of when the uh, we were writing um at the close of the decade oh, yeah, right. yeah 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 um i was just talking about how um i had sent the songs to my family members and my friends yeah. that i just wanted to hear feedback on it wasn't for any purpose or anything like that but they encouraged me to put a collection together and actually release it and so when I got the okay from from them um, mostly my son and my grandmother I talked to them about it because I wanted them to like it a lot and they told me to just put it out so I put it out I am glad, glad you did and um, so the album includes a lot of uh, multiple like samples from movies and I think they're all like late 90s early 2000s right yes yeah why yeah why did you pick um the specific like movies to sample and what Mm -hmm. what made you want to put that on the the album so originally I did just for ride uh which was the sample for that one was um love don't cost a thing and um or no 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 I'm sorry ride was uh love jeans my apologies. But it was um, just an idea for that one. But then the more I thought about it and I thought about all of the things I was influenced by, like I, even though the experiences and the songs maybe I've gone through in a, in a, a roundabout way, I witnessed them on TV first. You know, I witnessed somebody getting their heart broken in a way and getting over a situation or just like the different scenarios that were touched on. But one of my favorites was um, Play Your Cards because my favorite um, movies, I love the Dark Knight trilogy. And so Play Your Cards had the Joker scene on there. And I felt like it, when I found that one, I was like, I have to find, like all of these songs could could have a scenario that could spark an emotion, you know, it spark a, a scenario that's similar to what the vibe of the song is. Oh yeah, and it's kind of funny. Um, like, I don't know if this, like, this thing I worked on will ever like fully like get made or released or anything. But like, I, I don't know. I didn't do, I didn't used to do a lot of like what you could call creative writing. I used to do just like a lot of like jur- like straight journalistic stuff. And that's my main thing. But what I, I really got into like just watching, like, I, you know, I've always enjoyed movies, but like I would find like a director I liked and watch all of their movies and stuff. And like, kind of get into some of the more classic stuff and like I happened to like want to do creative writing as I was doing this and like pulling like the imagery like from some of the movies I was watching made 
was like a good like jumping off point for me mm-hmm. to like do my own writing so uh do you do you find like uh, a lot of inspiration from like watching movies and is is that like kind of yeah it is yes it's actually funny I sometimes when I have like a writer's block or I, not even if I'm writing intently like I just want to write a song I'm in the mood to to write something if I, I watch a movie I will mute the movie like song that's playing and I'll try to write a song to the actual because I want to that's one of my goals in music. I want to like have a movie and my song play in the background. Like that, I think that would be super cool. So I definitely draw from those those moments and like kind of put it into my own my own writing. <clears throat> oh yeah, and you mentioned on the the Culture Talks podcast that you want to have a song in Insecure at some point. So yeah, yes, and this is the final season. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully it can happen. Um, <laughs> are there any like specific like directors or genres or anything that are like particular favorites of yours or is it kind of like an eclectic mix no not yeah not necessarily just because what I watch is so broad I I would hate to box myself you know I I I write a lot of different songs like I think as as I become more comfortable like sharing those one-off songs that maybe doesn't fit in a project you know Lucy's and stuff like that here and there I think people will like see we're going to get an array of jazz in, in this, this lifetime. So when I am in the, these, but I want to, you know, get into, uh, I've been watching Mindhunter and like I play the the keyboard. So I'll like even do the background, like, like That's spooky some, part. Yeah. Some, <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's yeah. fun. Um, so another thing, well, yeah, I guess we can just branch off from uh, the album because, okay, so you put it out in like November 2019 on SoundCloud at first, and yes. but you eventually, um, at some point in 2020, you like reworked some of the songs and the production and stuff and re-released it. So what what kind of prompted the whole, like what made you want to kind of re-release it and uh, work on the songs again and how that process turned out absolutely the first time I released it it was more so like I said for just for me and my family it was like okay I, I did it so I'm going to do it and then I did it so when I wanted to rework it um, a friend of mine was like you should do it on the the anniversary of it and I'm like that's a great idea so when I went to the drawing board I wanted things to sound a lot better because the first time I recorded it using my Apple uh, headphones and my iPad on GarageBand. And since then I had gotten a new mic. So like some of the vocals were changed and I still wanted to have that feel that it had the first time because I really liked what I did the first time. I just wanted it to sound cleaner in some areas and then just shoot my shot at at producing a lot of the songs because I knew that some of those songs were written without beats. Like I I did find a lot of the beats from YouTube. I would just go type in a beat and then just start writing from it. But some of them I was just doing. So the ones that I wrote by themselves mostly, I was like, okay, I could house this better because I know that I just, I pushed this song into this beat because I want it, it flowed, but there is also another way that I'd like it to go. So I think that was what encouraged me to rework a lot of the songs, but I still kept the flair. You know, a lot of the vocals are still the same. Yeah. 
um and is is all the like the instrumentation and the production on the album is that all handled by you or did you bring in any players uh no so i so the some of the instrumentation is me but it's not all live like i'll use like an interface or something like that to mimic a, a keyboard sound and I won't use an actual keyboard or I'll, I'll uh, take a bass sound just because like at the time my my bass <clears throat> I still need to get some strings worked out so like it wasn't as clean like some some things I did do on mine but it it was easier to do it on garage band I'm still like garage band uh, yeah because <laughs> um no, I was I was like very impressed with the like I, I haven't heard the the original version, but just like listening to the the new version, I was really impressed by just the whole kind of production and how kind of crisp and smooth everything sounded. Because you know, I I've, like they're they're probably like I'm sure there are like tons and tons of people making R and B in Kansas City, but like I think it's it's rare that something has uh production that kind of like i feel like can stand up to a lot of national releases so i was i was excited to, to hear I, that yeah thank you thank you um so i i think i listened to it for the first time after watching uh the coop sessions video that you did um and i recognized uh julia from uh lava dreams in yes. playing in your backing band who who else um was was playing with you in that session yes uh brooke who was on drums um and then also uh, lex um lisas uh, she does photography and she does some singing of her own and she plays the bass as well oh yeah the, t- the session turned out great i think um do you, is that kind of like going to be your your band moving forward or was that kind of just for the one session we did some um, some stuff that we, COVID made things really hard <laughs> um, as far as like the frequency and, and how often we were able to get together and actually do things. So I would love, you know, going forward for it to be a possibility, but we're all like just a, a little bit further apart just because of the situation. Yeah. Um, so I know in the last year or so you did, you did one of the Soul Sessions shows. Mm-hmm. And also you opened for Tink. Tink, yes. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how both of those shows went. Actually, Tink came by way of the Soul Session show. So um, I performed at Soul Sessions and um, the promoter that was there, um, he asked if I was interested in doing that. And at the time, like, I I don't know, it it may sound crazy, but I just didn't even think that was a possibility. Like, I, I did know she was coming into town, but I don't know how openings go and things like that but I was really thrilled for it so I was um invited to do that and that experience was great it was a socially distanced concert and it was a lot of fun there were a lot of uh, local artists that I got to see that I wasn't familiar with um before but all the performances were great and it was a little it got a little chilly um later in the evening but it was it was a lot of fun though and she did a great job too that's great um yeah, because I, I, uh, I did, yeah, obviously I didn't make either of those shows myself, but had you, I feel like I, you just kind of like almost came out of nowhere, just in, in my world, at least in the last like 
six months with all the the album and the session videos and everything so had you performed solo much like in before last year not not really so um i did open sessions which mm-hmm. was the, at cafe gratitude and also um uh, the buffalo room mm-hmm. previously and that was like one of my first times being able to perform my own original work i had done soul sessions before just you know signing up and, and doing like the open mic scene but um, after I dropped at the close of a decade, the first time in 2019, that's when I started performing. So I did kind of come out of nowhere. I just, you know, it's like, hey, here's my music and oh, thanks. You know, I'll get up on stage and perform. So it's been a lot of fun, though. It's definitely been a lot of fun. Yeah, because how would you say that, like, um, you, like, did you have a lot of connections, like, in kind of the whole local music scene before you started like performing and releasing stuff or were you kind of just on the outside before? Just just on the outside really, but I had a lot of people that I knew that were doing music. When I started my, my stuff, I did it all like by myself initially. I had help from um, Sachi of the Goonies. He helped me like get things like tune I would send him tracks and stuff like that from my iPad and then he would send it back and say hey you know this is what I hear and and things like that but I didn't tap on anybody because it was like something I was hoarding to myself I honestly I didn't even know if I was gonna do it like and then my mom's like hey where where are we at with this and so it it wasn't um, that I felt like I had connections. I think that um, I had just kind of had relationships with people. And then when they were like, oh, you do music? Like, oh, okay, let's, well, here, let's try this this out. And I think from there, it just started to, I started to become a part of the community, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, And um, you also did um, a live stream recently. It was called Butterflies Can Walk. And yeah. as... It, it's also it's a a poetry collection you're putting out it is it's a poetry and lyric uh collection that i'm putting out so last year i had a lot of um hopes to release a project um i had an ep that i put on soundcloud called april showers and my goal was to do mayflowers with a whole bunch of songs that i had worked on that didn't make it to at the close of a decade and that i had worked on after even releasing it and like life just got really crazy you know with COVID and I was in school full-time at the time I'm part-time now but um and then teaching and working from home so I had to put it on hold but I kept writing you know throughout the year I said okay I'll put it out I'll put it out and then I had like this this odd moment it I was sitting outside and I saw like a butterfly walking on the ground and then I never I can't say that I hadn't seen a butterfly walk before but it just was different in that moment. I just like looked at it differently. I was like, you know, it reminded me that I, I even though I want to do something really fast, I want to put something out and like, hey, you like this, maybe you like these. I have to take my time. So I'll be releasing um, Butterflies Can Walk very gradually throughout this first kind of quarter of um, the year to c- share the collection of songs that I wrote, songs and poems that I wrote last year. Nice. And uh, so what was the the live stream kind of like? The live stream was me previewing all the new music and then doing some old favorites as well. Um, I did Butterflies Can Walk. I wrote the poem very shortly after seeing that. And then I just kind of, I had a few jam sessions. Like a lot of the songs were jam sessions. And then 
I just recorded them. And so I just shared it with people who wanted to see, you know, a preview of what it would be. But I'll be releasing the book. There'll be a book and um, an option to hear the poems or the songs as they're um, played mm-hmm. or performed or read. And uh, yeah, so I guess you, you've done some of the, the like the Coop session and you did this live stream on your own. And obviously you have some experience like doing like kind of concert setting stuff. So are you, like, how do you personally feel about like doing like virtual performances? Cause like a lot of people I know like don't really have taste for it. Yeah, I, it's different. It's definitely is different. When I was doing butterflies, I had um, my close fr- uh, friends around, people that are you know always around. But their energy was great. I love you know that engagement part of it. But I don't think I've had to, other than like recording videos and things like that, do anything virtual and alone. You know, I think that would be an, an odd thing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't prefer to do it that way. But I. I do miss it performing in front of people because I just started, you know, and it was getting, it was getting fun. It's like, oh man, <laughs> you know, we have to adjust. But I think that I've seen the way that people with means are able to, you know, kind of create a whole performance out of it. And I think that that's when you get to be creative and, uh-oh. Sorry, I had an incoming call. But when you get to be creative and, and create the space, that's why I try to make it as homey as possible. Like what it looked like on that set was what it looks like at my house. Like when I'm recording, all of those things are around me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so sorry. Do you, need to, you need to send a text or something? <laughs> my grandma doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> oh, man. But no, it just, that's, that's how it looked around me. So while... You know, I wanted it to be a comfortable space for me. I feel like with more, I feel like I could I could get used to virtual performances. Mm. Um, oh yeah. Um, so you also did. Um, well, Crystal wrote about. Uh, yeah, I mentioned she wrote about your album on the mm-hmm. Manor Records blog, and yes. you guys also appeared together in that uh by design magazine issue mm-hmm. with uh macy also yes yeah what was i i haven't been able to get a copy of that yet How, what was that setup kind of like was it was it kind of just like a joint interview and photo session the photo session was joint um it was myself her uh Crystal and, May- and Love Macy. And we all did the photo shoot together, but the interview was separate. Um, Crystal and I, we have mutual friends. And so we connected uh, with a, a mutual friend. Someone she grew up with is um, one of my closest friends. So when uh, she found out I was doing music, she really just was like, hey, we have to do something together. And we made sure we did. I performed with her um, on uh, streaming. She did for, um, oh goodness. I cannot remember. Was that the Green Line? Green Line, yes. Green Line Initiative, yes. Um, I I accompanied her in her performance with that. And then I also did uh, Blue Magic was a song and a video that she released. And she allowed me to be a part of the video. So we... We definitely um, had some fun on the on the sh- on the shoot. You have to see the photos. I'll have to shoot you some photos of the mag. Or oh yeah, I'll have to. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I can order one somewhere. I'll have to track that down. Um, 
I I think I missed a couple of things that I I did want to get to before the mm-hmm. um where did it go sorry nice. um no yet so we were kind of talking about like the different connections you have in the music scene at this point but did you have any like kind of favorite local artists before you started kind of performing for yourself yes i definitely was a fan of crystals mm. uh, i really really enjoyed g watts music i he actually um was very influential for me releasing music too because he gave me a shot i did some stuff in the studio with him a while back for um, an older project he did but um uh let's see who else i can think of love macy um and i love like kai colors he's a great artist and also uh Southside dame and i all oh jay soul jay soul those are a few of my um faves casey faves nice no and um and a shine a shine oh yeah it's great um sorry again um no, in the the Culture Talks interview, you also touched on some of your favorite artists growing up, and you ended up talking about, um, well, you, you ended the that kind of segment by talking about uh, different actors and stuff, but you touched on uh, Stevie Wonder and Nina Simone early on, so I guess I wanted to know a little bit more about, like, what you admire about their work. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie Wonder is probably one of my all-time favorites. I really admire his songwriting and I, his piano playing is just unmatched, honestly. And I love all of the work that he's done. I just, I like you hear people say like, he can't miss, he hasn't missed. Like I've never heard a Stevie Wonder song I didn't like, <laughs> like at all. Um, but I listened to him early on. My dad played him in the car, my aunt played him in the car. Everybody knew that I loved him. I got to see him. Uh, I, when he came to the Starlight Theater, I think I was around like 12 or 13 and I was in the third row. And I mean, I was just, just crazy because it was my mom said, you know, you can either go to the Scream Tour and the Scream Tour consisted of like Bow Wow, um, Omarion and B2K at the time. Or she's like, or I can get you tickets to Stevie Wonder. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's definitely a no brainer, but I'm going to the Scream Tour every year up until that point. So it was like, a little thing but I when I went I still had the same energy that I would have had at the Scream Tour and other people around like it's at the Starlight Theater they're like what's going on with this girl <laughs> oh God, this, this isn't a boy band what are you what are you doing <laughs> stop screaming at Stevie like I'm sorry <laughs> but um Nina Simone just such an, an inspiring individual like I've just will watch her performances on YouTube or <clears throat> Oh, goodness. Uh, I can't remember what the other uh, video streaming platform is that I use, but she just has a presence that I can't quite explain. But it's an essence about her. And she's very, very just, you feel that she's being honest and very genuine with her work. I think that's what I appreciate about her the most. Like, she's going to give you everything that she got in the in the moment. And it's going to stick, you know. So I, I love her music and I love her tone and I love her voice. When I was younger, I've always kind of had a deeper voice. I've always had, you know, like a, a chill kind of voice, but 
her, Anita Baker, Tony Braxton, they were just like women that still sang with as much power and, and I don't know, influence as people who had higher ranges and could, you know, go up there. And I just thought that that was so powerful. I was very inspired by it. So she's definitely someone that I, I looked up to and I still still do. Oh yeah, to, to touch on the, the Stevie Wonder show again real quick though. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, um, he, I, I got to see him at the Sprint Center Mm-hmm. Uh, like it would have been at least five or so years ago, but it was, he was playing songs in the key of life, like front, front to back. And that mm-hmm. was really great. And, um, it was, it was the night the Royals like w- headed to the world series for like the first time in forever. Like they won the, the pennant that night and Janelle Monet was also there and like got on stage and like, did like the last song with him and that was awesome and it was really weird because I like I didn't have um like well, I would I was just like you know I've always kind of obsessed over live music and mm-hmm. when I was I think I was still in like high school or community college when that show happened and I didn't have like a lot of extra money so I like I just went to see if I could get like a cheap ticket from someone outside of that show I was just kind of standing around and some guy just like walked up to me and like handed me a ticket. He's like, Hey, uh, my family couldn't make it. Do you want to come in with me? And I just like hung out with this like 50 year old dude the whole time. And he had like a floor, he, he had like floor seats and it was like one cool. of the weirder, cooler concert memories I have. And you know, yeah, Stevie live is amazing. So I, I think that's, that's like a, a, like that to me, but it was John Mayer. <laughs> Oh yeah, yes. Yes. He's he's talented. He's great. Um, But yeah, I think anyone listening, whoever gets the opportunity to see Stevie Wonder, should not skip that. And I I can imagine your your mom was probably like kind of proud of you, kind of happy that you chose the Stevie concert (laughs) over Bow Wow. (laughs) Not for her wallet, but definitely for the experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, So. Yeah, I guess um, I just wanted to touch on real quick um, is you have the Butterflies Can Walk that's uh, coming soon. You're going to be rolling that out slowly. Is yeah. there anything else you're you're working on right now, like any collaborations or anything that you want to talk about? Actually, yes. Um, uh, Effie, who is a singer here in Kansas City, she's amazing as well. Uh, she and I have a song uh, that we did. It's called Not Mine. We'll be working on a video and song rollout here soon. And then Adita, who's also a wonderful singer here locally. We have a song um, that we worked on um, kind of around the same time as the Wasteland Sessions. And so I can't wait to see what comes with that. This, the Wasteland Sessions, I was a part of that, and I got to record a, a couple of songs for them. So definitely um, those things are coming here soon whenever they, they release. But um, I know that, <clears throat> I apologize, the uh, FE project, that'll come out here within the next couple of months. And yes. Uh, did did FE do like a, a live stream? Like were you... I, I feel like I remember seeing something about a live stream there and were, were you part of that too? Yes, yeah, she did a, a, a birthday show at Soiree. 
and I was a part of that, yes. Uh, myself, Ronnie Marcellus, who's a, also the uh, artist here, and Adidas, she sang as well. Nice. Oh, yeah, and I, I got an invite, and I didn't end up going just because I'm, like, nervous about COVID and stuff, but what was, yeah, tell me about the, the Wasteland sessions. Absolutely, Wasteland sessions. Um, there were a few... Um, producers that went up and they had a lot of beats they were playing and then um, a lot of artists and I know that people came like staggered there were artists that were already recording um, but I think uh, it was a great idea <laughs> everybody kind of had their mask on and it was a nice uh, fun atmosphere I personally haven't been in like a writing or um, creative session like that before being a newer artist but it was it was fun. Like everything was really fast paced. It was like, okay, this beat is playing pretty similar to, they, they, they said that they modeled it after the gentleman who came up with like the Dreamville sessions. Like it was a lot of fun and seeing people record, but it was also like, you know, okay, I, I write a little bit slower sometimes. Like some, sometimes things come a little bit faster than sometimes slower. So it was definitely an experience to get used to, you know, being around people that are recording as well, because we're all writing and we're like, okay, what may fit, what, what may not fit with the vibe of the song. But it was a lot of fun, definitely. And I think they plan on doing it again as well. Yeah, I imagine it's like kind of fun and probably rewarding, like switching up the, the setting and like having like a different, like added pressure on something creative you're doing. Absolutely. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice tra uh, mind training thing, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, um, you, I guess we can wrap up real quick and let people know where they can find you on social media and also listen to the album. Absolutely. Um, I can be found on all social media platforms at Jazz R Couch, J-A-S-S-R Couch, like the one you sit on. And um, the link is in my bio on Instagram as well as Twitter, but I can be found on um, all streaming platforms under jazz and you can type in at the close of the decade and stream my music there and also soundcloud if you want to hear the originals and compare them to the the new ones or if you want to hear april showers it's all there sweet uh yeah and people can follow at shellcock mag on facebook twitter and instagram shellcockmusic.com is the website shellcockmag.bigcartel.com is the web store there's t-shirts photo zines and buttons uh but yeah, thanks again for being on the show today. It was a lot of fun. For inviting me. Yes, I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, cool. I'll stop.